Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton, and sometimes Emmaus. Welcome to the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. All right. 46 of the Leah Valley with Love podcast. I am your co-host, George Wacker, with our other co-host, Tyler, who has a toy with him. I do have a it's toy. It's Christmas spirit. I am the Christmas spirit. This toy, we have the the Skyforce, the NBC-10 helicopter, which, by the way... Battery's not included. Battery's not included. Now, are you taking that home, or I need to keep You can here. give it to Dahlia. Because this okay. will be... Uh, well, I'd like to have it, but um, I'll get you another one. I'm uh, I'm always fascinated by the uh, chopper and the the news coverage. We'll get into that. We have a in studio in guest. Studio guest, yeah. Jim Friedman from uh, NBC Ten, uh, cameraman. Is that is that were they? Is that like a digital artist or anything? We go by photojournalist now. Okay, photojournalist. It, it's it's all kinds of things. So we um, in in this episode, we kind of want to talk about some of your experiences over the years but can you um kind of wh- where are you from because i know that you're kind of local i'm from bethlehem okay i'm from uh, the northeast side of bethlehem uh grew up um near spring garden school yeah yeah where'd you go to high school liberty went to liberty high school liberty high graduated just barely graduated in 1984 <laughs> <laughs> and uh was it did you always want to be behind the camera i um was fortunate enough to know what I wanted to do when I went to Northeast Junior High School. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, how'd te- you how'd you land? Like, how did that spark? Like, what, what clicked? A teacher <clears throat> wanted me to work a spotlight for a choir, Christmas choir program. And when I told him I had no idea what he's talking about, he's like, I'll show you. It's really easy. All you have to do is go upstairs into this dark room. And- <laughs> Follow me. Yeah, and it was kind of... <laughs> It was a lot different back then. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, then I had to just turn this light on, this big thing that looked like a... The Batman light? Yeah. And uh, make sure it was uh, focused on this person singing the solo. And I thought, this is really cool, this behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. Really, really cool. So uh, I got into photography and uh, uh, went to Northampton Community College Represent. And, hey, there you go. Yeah, and uh, actually, my wife went to Northampton. I'm going back. Actually, are you? Le- are you gonna get le- your photojournalism degree? Well, I'm gonna finish my media degree. That's on the same. It's only taken me the better part of a decade. Whatever. Good for you, like Van Wilder. I'm, I'm not proud of this. I, I never finished. I got <laughs> I got my first job in television while I was there, mm-hmm. going part time. And, and it's hard to say no when there. There's nothing like that around here. You don't. It's not like Philadelphia where there's. Media jobs, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and production houses. But uh, I was fortunate enough to to win a contest, and th- one of the judges worked at a production house in Allentown, and he came back the next week and told the asked the professor, "Who's this guy that did this video?" And it was me, and he's like, "Have him call me. We're interested." The rest Whoa, is history. And, that's it? and I got a job at a production house in Allentown, and I worked there for a few years. Did you work on forensic files? I have a story about forensic yes. files. <clears throat> um, 
This is how, it doesn't look good. Like you're not smiling. It's not a good story. <laughs> hey, let's go. Even that better. should have been something I should have told you guys about before we went <laughs> well, on. Because anybody who's done acting, we talked about this before. Forensic Files is, was made locally, so there's yeah. Paul, like my uh, my mm. mother-in-law is in it in an episode. Yeah. My buddy Chris Elston, who <laughs> okay, show, yeah, so yeah, he plays a dead body. I um, did I did some work for a company called MedStar Communications. Yeah, and that's who did it. Yeah, and um. <laughs> I had this idea. I like where this is going. I had this idea many, many years ago. Do you need another beer before you <laughs> tell this story? <laughs> no, but I'm, I, I just... Mm, it's just a sour, sour, sour subject. <laughs> I uh, yes, I had come up with this idea okay. because I had a lot of friends. <clears throat> if I didn't do what I was doing for a living, I, I wanted to become a coroner. Okay. So okay. All right. I was always involved with uh, trying to... Dead people figure out puzzles and, and, okay. and, and, and criminal, criminal minds and all that kind of stuff. So I had come up with this idea for a show called, and I called it Cold Case Files. Okay. What, and I what? had, this was in 1993 maybe. All right. And I had, I had uh, written out this entire thing and I still have it at home I have I had the title of the show I had that I had storyboarded it I had the first story which was about Holly Brannigan right and someone had said talk to this guy and I'm not going to even mention his name because I want to punch him in the neck the talk, guy the, the head guy who talk yeah, to this you guys guy can do your own research I don't feel like getting sued talk so. to this neither do I talk to this guy <laughs> at, at, at MedStar Productions which I which I did and he's like I, I don't know Really? I don't think so. I mean, this is kind of. So wait, wait, wait. It's kind of too technical. Are you telling me? Wait, are we breaking? The, are we breaking idea? news right here? So you came up with the idea of forensic files, and then this guy stole it. <laughs> That's insane. You're serious? You so you can you prove that. It? Can you? It's, well, now it's, it's like I, what's what's it worth? That's the, insane. The only thing I have is my notebook at home, with everything in it. And so, but you, because when did Forensic Files come out then? About a year later. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Wow. I, and I, I got to be honest with you. I love the show. I know some of the guys that work on the show, or at sure. least did work on the show. Um, I would see that when when that you said this is insane. a when you said this is a sore subject. I thought you got. You I would have never. I, I didn't know that you you that was have your you, idea. Have you talked to him ever since then? Once. And it wasn't, it was a very short conversation over the phone. Would he, do you think if he was pressed in a room, he would, he would admit that he took that idea from you? Probably not. Probably yeah. not. It doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't. What if there was a big, strong person? <laughs> <laughs> we know a couple of guys. It, it, it doesn't matter anymore. I've, That's insane. I, I, I've obviously gone past sure. all that, but, but every time. You hear the That's, theme song? We can play it. Every time song. someone no, says, no, oh, no. my God, <laughs> that, that, that show is the greatest. I love that show. And it's I like, do. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm, man, I just, just yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I didn't know that this was like a personal subject. You're sitting over there with your pineapple shirt all <laughs> happy. Such a, and such a big smile yeah. on your face. It's and you just, you immediately, seconds into the podcast, hey, you drive a remember, knife through, knife remember through his heart. Remember the worst time of your life? Yeah. Let's talk about George, that. George, wow. Uh, 
That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Because forensic yeah. files, I mean, when you think about Not it. Not to harp on it, George. <laughs> <laughs> it started really a genre of... <laughs> Can we, can we can we let them in? It's yeah. Christmas time, George. How many more uh, stab wounds are you going to give me here? No, but it yeah. did. Like, Forensic Files is an OG. He goes back to it. And then they had all these other shows, and then you had, like, Cold Case on Fox or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, in fact, I was just watching it the other day, and, you know, my, my friend Zach Lysak was just on talking about the- He's this. a coroner in Lehigh County, right? Northampton. Northampton County. Scott Grimm. Scott Grimm. Is Lehigh County. If you think you really wanted to do it, Scott Grimm's like, I was he's got made a, for this. He's got a name yeah. made for yeah, that yeah, title. Scott, Scott um, Grimm. Both, both wonderful guys. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I want you to ask the next question because I don't know how many. You only have two feet to put in your mouth at this point. So you, you go through that wonderful experience because uh, you talked about Holly Brannigan. I want to get back to that uh, later just because it's a, it's a larger story. But from. from Which I am un- unaware of. I okay, well, that you, me... from, from that point, like, how do you. Um, like, do you go through many different companies? Have you been at NBC10 for a long time? Like. I've been at NBC 10 since January 23rd, 1997. Wow. And um, so it's like 22 years. Okay. Um, I started, I, well, after I, after I left college, I got a job at this production house in Allentown and I, sh- I videotaped homes that were up for sale for the John Monahan real estate show. It, okay. was, a, it was a half hour weekly show. And There's still I, companies that do that to this day. Yeah. And, um, and that was long before drones, which are extremely effective in shows like that. But, uh, then I got a job at Channel 69 because <laughs> during the time I was sh- shooting for John Monahan Real Estate, you know, I'm driving to Reading or wherever, right. Whitehall, Allentown, Bethlehem, and I'd come across a fire or an accident and I have a camera and I'd shoot it. Hmm. And then I'd go to Channel 69 and say, hey, I got this fire. <clears throat> All right, we'll give you 50 bucks. We'll give you 80 bucks, 100 bucks for it, whatever. And then after like doing this 10 times, I'm like, you know, you guys hiring? Yeah. Sure, yeah. You know. So I ended up getting a job at Channel 69 in like 1989. Quite frankly, I think <clears throat> it was the best job I've ever had. I heard, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know, maybe if you who posted this, um, but I saw like a bunch of photos, like somebody was posting from days gone by <clears throat> in Channel 69, like back when, when it was more of an in its infancy and it was like, not that people were partying hard every night, but like after the shows, they would all go out together yeah. type thing. Yeah. Um, well, first of like, all, it, you know, as you guys get older, you'll realize your first job was probably the best job you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I'm 31. I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> okay. I'm waiting to the right one. But when you're 52, like <laughs> me, you're going to go back and say, you know what? It wasn't that bad. Yeah. What I yeah. was doing in the 30, when I was 30, it wasn't that bad. But you, you got to do everything. You got to direct the show. You got to edit the show. You got to work the audio board, uh-huh. know, studio camera, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas now, you know, I'm represented by a union, so I only have strict, sure, strict rules to. to and so they negotiate all your stuff for you. Your your freelance is tough to get. Do you get? To, can you do freelance stuff or? I can, yeah. but not for Channel Ten. Okay. You know, but but I would do it, it. It would be freelance for stuff on my own. Like I wouldn't be able to freelance for Channel Three or Channel Sixty Nine mm-hmm. or anything like that. But it was, it's just a competitive nature. Right. Um, but how since that, I've obviously, you know, you, you were at Channel Sixty Nine during its earlier years, so I don't know what their budget was or you know, but you know, s- since then, 
you've probably seen uh, drastic changes in technology. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> Channel 69 was a lot different, obviously, back in the early 90s. Um, they've, they have come a long way. And the people that you see on TV on Channel 69, you're going to see a lot of them on the network someday. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I really believe that. I think yeah. there's been some. I can't name them offhand, but I, well, I definitely you recognize people that go even to NBC10, and you've seen them in other markets. I mean, look at Rich Lerner. I was there when Rich mm-hmm. Lerner was there. Rich Lerner is now a big shot at the Golf Channel. Well, you uh, know Rich Lerner? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dave, I think his name Tyler's is... Tyler's a golf guy. I'm a big yeah. golf oh, guy. Oh, Rich Lerner got his career. His, yeah. He started his career. You worked together at 69? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, he's, he's always been a good guy. Um, David Murphy. I don't know if you know who David Murphy was. He's the weather guy at Channel Six. Okay. Yeah. He got his start at Channel Sixty Nine. Um, Didn't um, <clears throat> Greg Gutfield also Gutfeld from Fox? I don't know. Like Fox News. Oh news? boy, I don't know. I'd ask Alexa, but Do you, well, you're sports me. fans. I'm not sports fans. You know, a guy named uh, Trey Wingo. Yeah, yeah. Trey Wingo. He was a sports guy. At Shut up. When when Rich at Sixty Nine, Trey yeah. Wingo. Yeah. When Rich Lerner left. No. Trey Wingo took his place. Wait, this? why do I remember that actually? Like 90, that. 90, Channel early 90s. Trey Wingo's on ESPN now, right? I listen, he's, he's on, in, yeah. Yeah, I've got video of him at home. Uh, he well, was on 69. When we were, when we used to go out and have drinks after the shows and stuff. Really? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that, that does kind of ring a bell. He's from here. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Well, he, yeah. he went to Baylor. Yes, uh, that's wild. Connecticut, you know, he, you know, look, but no, it's cool. Like you're right, because you don't like, you know, our newsroom. They're here for a little while. You're not gonna like put up a uh, a memorial to Trey Wingo. Like he's a cool guy who passed through. Yeah, it's just really interesting to to. You know. When I worked there, we had a newsroom. It was a it was a trailer. Yeah, it was a it was a trailer park style home trailer <laughs> behind the building. And you would have to walk through the building, and then there was like a, a one-foot opening. If it was raining or snowing, you'd get rain and snow on you for about two seconds, and then you'd walk into this trailer. Is of that where you guys room. did the weather from there? No, no. <laughs> no but we could have. It's, it's, snowing. it's uh, snowing right now. Yeah, take a look. Take a look through the crack in the ceiling. It's snowing, and so yeah, obviously they've come a long way. They've made a lot of major improvements, and they've made a lot of money, and um, you know the reporters now have contracts. I think. Sure. Uh, some of the well, photographers that are are that are still there, I worked with uh-huh. back in the day. We we didn't um, ask this to Alex Hogan, who was in here um, last week. Last week, out of probably respect, uh, but <laughs> did, was there like the Channel sixty nine? I mean, that had to have been a joke to everyone. Best position on the dial. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was gonna say you can't walk into that job and not be like. How long did it take you guys to have that <laughs> saying? <laughs> that was there before I got there in 1989. So it was, was it because of the like? Did they have to change Channel 69? They could have. Wait, that was their phrase. Best position on the dial. No, oh no, my no, god, that's, that's, that's what that would be a massive say. oversight. Yeah, no, that's what we used to say. Um, it's the frequency. It's the channel on so just like, back in the day before cable UHF. You only had three <clears throat> or four stations. Yeah. that broadcast on a certain <laughs> frequency. <laughs> And three six and ten were on channel three six and ten, and then channel sixty nine was on all the way up there on channel sixty nine. So, so they never really, they never really marketed or branded themselves away <laughs> from that. Yeah, um, it's just like you don't talk like about why. It. It's the elephant in the room, man. Whenever yeah. they, whenever like something from channel sixty nine makes national news, 
Oh, they rip it. Is it because you see the 69 <laughs> in the corner and everyone's like, well, where's this channel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, why is this channel so cheap to get? I don't know why, why am I the only newsroom that wanted this channel? <laughs> MTV should have been channel 69. Yeah. But the cool thing is they're not affiliated with anyone except CNN. Okay. Um, so they can do pretty much whatever they want, uh-huh. whereas NBC10, we're, we're, contro- we're owned and operated right. by the network. Um, so with moving on to that, so you get <clears throat> go through 69 and, and then... Um, you had some stuff in the 90s there and get to... Uh... I did a lot of freelance work. Okay. I did a lot of golf, auto racing, drag racing, skiing. What kind of golf? Uh, well, we did, the, we did the U.S. Open that was down here at the Salken, Salken Valley Country Club back in did the day. Did you have to trace the ball ever? I was up in a helicopter and I had to um, videotape all the holes layouts for yeah. pre-production uh-huh you know so i was hanging on a on a helicopter skid out outside of the helicopter yeah now and they just it, have a drone yeah now it's just now, or it's computer animated right but um back in those days it was much more exciting mm-hmm. you know what i mean it was it was it was, it was much much more because there was some guy holding I, on your like uh <laughs> belt no, it, was as a, you it, was a, it was literally a harness yeah to, you, you, you kind of was insurance i mean ha- they had to insure you for that it seems yeah. like i was just a <laughs> kid care. i was like i don't give a shit this is yeah. great are you kidding this is awesome you're flying like, just sign this paper and you're uh you'd be great yeah um and then and then i got the job at channel 10 i, I well i worked for a month at uh Channel 17. Um, and then WXP or WHL? WPHL. WPHL. That was my first job in, t- in television news in Philadelphia. And then I was there for about a month and got a job at Channel 10. And so, what, I mean, the left. difference between freelancing and I, I don't want to assume what you do, but like, because I've seen you cover news as it happens mm-hmm. and, and also, you know, planned stuff that you're going on. So when you got down to that market, was it like, wow this is a lot faster or was it kind of like the same news and just a different location? It was, it was, um, how could I put it? It was, um, a lot of the same news in a bigger city. So yeah, it was eye opening because a, the reporters and the anchors that were there, I remember growing up with yeah. watching, right. You know what I mean? Um, so I was kind of starstruck, like all these guys, all these, all these big shots are walking around and I know them, but I don't know them. Um, and then it was just whatever. If there was a double homicide in Philadelphia, it was no big deal. Right. If it was a double homicide in Allentown, it stop would, traffic. It would. It was exactly. It would yeah. stop traffic. <laughs> um, so I, you kind of had to make the adjustment. And of course, it's a bigger city. It's just it's more fast paced. Mm-hmm. Took a while to get used to that. A little more dangerous. So what, you know. That's been twenty some years. You know, what were some of the things that um, that you've covered that we would know? Maybe some of the. I was afraid you were going to ask me that. Like that. That's a that's a, a big question. A lot of people ask. Um, well, I can mean, do more subjective. If it's like, what what did you cover that you, you enjoyed the most? Or, you know, my my I love covering uh, natural disasters. I okay. love covering. <laughs> that's a weird thing. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very heartless, but it's. <laughs> The flip side of that story is I, I can, my, my job is to, is to tell the story in pictures and sound. Yeah. So I think I have a, a way to 
add emotion to a story. So if, if there's a if there's a, a flood or if there's an earthquake or a, a, a plane crash or something, I like to focus on one or two people and, yeah. and have the audience feel their emotion rather than say, 100 people died, this is how it happened, it's right. going to rain tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so I... I I see I, I see people in the worst days of their lives, or I see them on their best days of their lives. If I don't see them at all, it's a boring day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's an interesting way to look at. Yeah, if you if you never see the people, that's well. It's just like there needs to be news, and you know, people who are like, oh, we need better, happier news. It's like, well, then I guess they should make more. I don't know. Like, there's always going to be the, the car crashes and the. Well, see, the car crashes, you know, they, 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 that, that shit drives me crazy. The car crashes and the weather drives me <laughs> nuts um, because there's so many better stories to tell about the day's events besides a car crash. Well, no one's, no one's going to really know about the car crash by watching Channel 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the person in that car is a prominent member of the community... Mm-hmm. That's the story I want to tell. Yeah. We talk about weather, which is funny, because Leah Valley, we pick on weather uh, all the time. Mostly, so, As do we. <laughs> mostly making fun of just how it's, it seems to me like when weather is <laughs> going to happen, it gives people like something in their lives to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, oh God, thank God there's weather happening in this place <laughs> that I live where there's always weather at this yeah. time of year, because now I can talk about it. I didn't know what to talk to people about. Right. No, this what, I don't want to talk about my fears and my or just you know, something something with my, some my sort darkness. of creativity. <laughs> what if I have to snow. what if I have to expose my true personality? <laughs> I'd rather just talk about the rain. God forbid. Yeah. God forbid I, I let people in, yes, I, I open I open up to my fellow man. <laughs> yeah, whether, no, we got to talk about it. Cons- we're run <laughs> we're run just as any news department, we're run by our finance department. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. So, um, <laughs> our consultants come in, and we pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, just like all the other stations in in the market and country do. And they tell us people love live broadcasts, people love weather, <laughs> and people love investigative stories. So they're like, so what we did was we. Like, like- like, uh, we raise we raise some money and we're gonna control the weather. So yeah. we like they like when there's snow. So we're paying to have Why snow. Why is it is it that phenomenon? Like I don't get it. Why do people care so much about the snow when they live in an area where there's snow? I think people don't. I think people I love what they can't control because they don't have to worry about it. That's like that's probably the smartest thing you've ever said. The <laughs> best thing anyone can do right now is open up a seasonal supermarket. And just sell milk, bread, yeah. eggs, <laughs> toilet paper. Call it French toast. Yeah, and yeah. just just a little. You know, they have pop up bars, pop up supermarkets. Yeah, and you know, watch the news. Now, I do. I do have to <coughs> give an exception to the snow that happened earlier a couple months ago. Snow camel snow. Snow camel snow. Because yeah. that yeah. was off. That was different. Yeah. That was also a natural disaster. Because I mean, a you had snow camel running around. Wait, yeah. was you that had people like that was a six-hour ride home for a lot of people? Well, that was also. Or Twelve hours. I hour. think it was less about the weather and more about the lack of preparation. Uh, yeah, but I mean that you're right. It goes hand in but hand. People were like, "Hey, it's going to snow a decent amount." But the news wasn't wrong about that one. I because f- I can tell you right now, Hurricane Schwartz called that storm 
a day or two prior. And we all listened. To I was there when he said it. Now I don't know what they said about it up here, but when I came up here, um, a certain city wasn't ready, and I said, you know. All I'm all I know is our weather guy is calling for six to eight inches up here, and he's like, "Ah, oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> we're not putting plows on yet because we're only they didn't even do inches. anything. They didn't. They didn't. Well, and then Brian, they can't, they can't. Yeah, and then the, the cars are in the snow, so they can't plow it. Right. Plus, they let the schools out yeah. early during the height of the storm, and now you've got sixty thousand people picking up their kids. That was just a buses. Crazy, there were car fires. Like I know we talked about this previously, but just in terms of news um, and news stuff, like that was just insane. Yeah, um, weather, weather's so weather's then, a money maker, but it's also a pain in the. Uh, but that's like ass. as a as a guy as a photojournalist, much like Alex, when people are in a situation like that, and also any anything where it's time to go home, like everybody get the hell out of here. That's when you are going to the thing. Right. When when Harrisburg says everybody needs to stay off the roads, we're saying no. Yeah. We're going to drive around and we're going to look for people that are not following Stop. your advice <laughs> and do a story on that. Yeah. <clears throat> do you ever get are you guys like exempt from that or do you yes. ever yeah. Yeah, we are. As well as nurses and doctors and right. obviously police comedians. And, and no, certain I'm, comedians and bloggers. I'm not exempt from anything <laughs> except taxes. Yeah. Now, now you're screwed. <laughs> now it's out there. Um, I'm kidding, government. If you're listening, <laughs> government. Uh, and so, but you have covered stuff like you know, obviously the Cosby trial. I mean, covered it in terms of he walked through and he's like, yeah, but never do or whatever. Well, yeah. The, the, the only <laughs> like, you know, it's so boring. You know. It's it's a very boring thing as a photographer because you're stuck outside. You're not really going into the courthouse. You're not hearing all the details until the reporter comes out. But the only funny thing that happened at the recent, the second trial was this woman, this protester, mm-hmm. ripped off her coat and she was completely topless you're with like, hey, a bunch of. Uh, let's get that. Yeah, yeah. So also, I was lucky enough to get. Was that. she protesting for Cosby's on no, his behalf against him? Yeah, that's a weird way to do that. She got her show attention. him what he well, wants. I mean got the attention of people i mean i don't think there's a lot of people for him though. yeah no yeah. so i have a question like because we kind of asked alex <laughs> a similar question but on the other side of things mm-hmm. when you guys are in a situation oh, maybe yeah. it's a hostile environment or things are you know i'm sure you've had situations where people pe- uh, people are around like you're a music fest and everyone's shooting uh, each other yeah <laughs> have you ever Crazy been down there and i the, the way we asked alex like how do you handle a you know when things don't go well, well, but how do you have you ever had a thing where you're you're filming you're the reporter and there are things going on where you might be able to predict the situation might arise, but is your responsibility towards the story or is it to the safety of you and your reporter? It's a loaded question. There's a thing we call situational awareness. Yeah, yeah. And we've all um, had 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 seminars on it. And it's it's quite frankly what we've well at least me and a few of other uh, professional crews have done is just just knowing the people that are around you yeah and you can kind of tell the I mean these 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 people are stupid with the the uh, f and the p yeah yeah screaming that yeah. stuff during a live shot yeah um you know 
I can I can point these people out to anybody. You're like that. What if you yeah. saw Tyler in a yeah. crowd? You're like I'm that guy. Like, well, it's it's the guys that are on their cell phone going. Did you see me? And they're, you see they're me? eyeballing you through the side of yeah, your eye. Yeah. And you know, I know that guy in a red hat <laughs> is talking on the phone to his girlfriend, saying, "Watch me on channel ten because I'm going to screw up their live shot." Yeah. But, um, I'm always always aware of what's going on around <laughs> me, and and. We have we have the authority to pull the live shot to, to yeah. cancel the live shot, and I'll just call our um, producer and say we're not going to do this because there's some asshole is ready to to throw yeah. a rock at us or he's yeah. ready to jump in, and I don't know what he's going to say because we get fined yeah. for for right. vulgarity on on television. You, not that do guy. You, do you get fined? Not me. All right, good. The, the station, station does. The station yeah. will get fined still, thousands of dollars sure. for 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 this, and. Um, so it's just easier just to, to blow it off. What, we, what about like a dangerous thing? Like, have you ever been in a situation where like, man, these people don't want us to be telling this story right yeah. now? Years ago, years ago, uh, uh, Camden, New Jersey, had, already sounds safe. Yeah, <laughs> was known for its mischief night. And or uh, like every uh, night of the yeah, year, <laughs> three sixty five. <laughs> This was really bad for like two years in a row. I think they burned, literally burned buildings down and homes down. Jesus. And so the mischief. mischief night was going on in, in Camden and they sent me and a couple of other crews, I think. And I was by myself in, in uh, the Channel 10 van and I'm crossing the Ben Franklin Bridge and I can see a fire over here. I can see a fire over there. Oh, my God. So I just went to the nearest fire. And as I'm going to this fire, I'm about two blocks away and there's just a crowd of people in the middle of the street kind of marching down toward me. And I made a right, and I'm going to try and get to this. How am I going to get to this fire? And I stopped at a stop sign, and I'm looking around, and I heard this explosion, and I was covered in glass. Whoa. And somebody threw a cinder block through my window. Through the front, like the windshield? The, I'm sorry, the driver, the, okay. the passenger side door window. Just right through. And uh, at that point, I, of course, I'm the got, out, got the hell out of there. Hey, I'm not paid enough for this. But uh, that was as close as I got. We we do have a we did have a photographer, um, Pete Kane, who's been there for forty so years, and he was at a either a shootout or a barricaded man, and he got out of his car, and he's got the camera on his shoulder, and he's running up to these cops that are in their position with their guns drawn and they're crouched over behind something, and. Pete is running toward this cop, and I think I remember this cop telling Pete on on tape because it was all on tape at the time. Dude, get down, Pete. Yeah. Pete, get down. And you hear these pop pop pops in the background. And as I was watching the videotape, I heard a phew wow of this bullet going right by Pete. Ugh. Jesus. And this, you know, the the microphone, the shotgun microphone mounted sure. on the camera is like two inches from your right eye if you're holding yeah. the camera. And I could just, how lucky he was that Right, day. right, right. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah. I don't know how much you can talk about this, but <clears throat> obviously. If you bring up forensic files again, George. No, the end. We'll, <laughs> yeah. We'll watch yeah. The, the last uh, 30 minutes of this are just watching an episode. Yeah. Um, since there's different, <laughs> since there's actual competition down there, I mean, the competition up here is weird. Um, I, I don't know. But in, in, in Philly, it's, you know, NBC 10. Channel 3, whatever. Um, 
is it? Do you guys like each other, or do you? Are there a couple of people you you respect, or are you more like I really? I'd rather not talk to that guy. Off the air. competition used to be more fierce. I mean, there is competition. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we get pissed off when when other stations get a story that we don't have. Um, but we all get along. Most of us get along. You know, there are there are a few reporters from other stations that that. Um, I, I don't care for mm-hmm. arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I kind of let them go, but the, the, uh, there's, there's things we do. Well, I imagine, I bet it would be more annoying when you, when the national media descends on your ecosystem and all of a sudden, like something that you would be at. Now you got all these guys here who you don't yeah. know and they're just, Trampling on the road. It's like when the FBI comes into the local crime scene. It's like we're taking over from here. It's like no, no, we've been here. <laughs> yeah, I know the lay of this land better Take than you. Yeah, years ago, that was like that. There was a pier, pier thirty four. It was a bar on Del- on the Delaware River, and it was it was a nightclub, and um, it was it was in the winter time, and the pier collapsed, and there was like hundred fifty people in this bar, and people were just falling into the river. <laughs> And drowning. I think I I forget how oh, many no. people died. Um, I retract my laughter. <laughs> well, <laughs> so the the national crew from all the networks came down mm-hmm. the following day, and we had lined up. The reporter that I was with and I had lined up an interview with um somebody that no one else had. Sure. And we were ready to go live in about fifteen minutes. And the producer from uh, the network came over and stole it. <laughs> and we had a big argument. Sure. And it's like, bro, we're with the same family. You know, like, what, let us do trust it, me, it wasn't it. that calm yeah. of yeah. a conversation. But well, it was you like, could shoot it and they can have it, right? I mean, it doesn't matter. They want it live, uh, you know, just like everybody else. So it's a lot. It's a lot different. What, here's my like, Why do people want the news so urgently? Breaking news. Though, because isn't here's my theory on it, and I might have even said it. I I say things on this multiple times, but uh, I feel like breaking news is inherently almost like the full story is the important thing, right? So by getting there first, isn't it like isn't sometimes bragging rights? Yeah, it's it's bragging rights. rights. It's also too like if I feel like if NBC Ten has broken the news you know i'm gonna trust them more or maybe i'll tune to them more but it's but it's it's just the preliminary like thing i want to know what happened if like well how many times have you watched the news and they'll be like breaking news and they'll say shooting happened but we don't don't know know who anything about it it. well i think that's more well let's like chill then well with the advent of social media it's become a lot more prevalent because it's it's so immediate now well, and we it, had the 22 was all backed up today a, a friend of ours sent us a photo of the there's a truck overturned mm. we got this photo out before like more to call anybody just because you know with leah valley with love i don't have to run it up the flagpole right to get approval i'm just like there you go yeah so, you know, you're the approval and you you're wearing yeah. a, a pineapple shirt right now nothing but i'm just saying you're the only approval got a pineapple shirt and he's barefoot yeah barefoot Backwards oh, hat. Sixty degrees a day, first day of winter. Um, it's it's look. It, it's the, the the advent of social media is something that I haven't grasped quite yet. Yeah, you know, I, I'm on Facebook. 
I only have a certain amount of followers. I, I don't know how to use Twitter yet, really. I'm, I'm on it, but I just don't use it enough. But I, um, I, I'm back to your question about the breaking news is it can, it can make you or break you. Yeah. It really can because you can, you can be a hero and in an instant you could be a completely, Buffoon. you could just be destroyed. You could be an asshole because you got it all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you didn't, you, you wanted to be first, but you didn't double check. You didn't check your facts right. And the thing about, I, I know at our station, we may be last on a lot of things when it comes to that kind of stuff because we really do check mm-hmm. one, not just one, but two sources. But not you're not last by like three months. No, no. Like but 30 minutes maybe? No, but, but, but that could, that five minutes yeah. could take your audience to channel well, three or they, six they or five. that channel on. But Why? <laughs> Because I don't know. These people are watching it in their living rooms. These are the same people that watch Snowfall on TV, (laughs) but they can't look out their fucking window. Yeah. (laughs) That was the best. There's a, there's a, when I was living in Hoboken on the train, there was an ad for, and I think I've said this before, but there was an ad for a new Doppler system. And they, it said, this Doppler system can detect raindrops as they fall on the ground. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, so can the palm of my hand. <laughs> the weather's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just, getting, like, you're just getting ready for it because it's going to be... I heard. I heard we're in for a little bit of a so, wallop. Um, <laughs> since we have a couple minutes left, I wanted... That's it? Really? Is that... Is well, no, no. We have, we, have, we have more time because I wanted to get into... <clears throat> Holly Brannigan, because you're going to have to set this up a little bit. Oh, She's not familiar with it. I'm not. I'm, I am familiar with it, and it's, it's a great I've, name, though. There's been a podcast that I actually listened to. A couple. Um, okay, well, I listen. I've only listened to one, so I have to check out a couple more. Uh, but so he's going to tell a little bit. But it's a, it's a, and I, I hate to say like a famous unsolved murder case. But it, it is. It is. And it was right. You know, like pretty national much, news no, kind of thing. No, no. Well, go ahead. Not as, not as. Holly Brannigan was was found dead in her home on Pine Top Trail in a very quiet but elite section of Bethlehem. Something like Panera Wait, Bread. Is going this up the- is this the Snooker thing, Jimmy Snooker no. thing? No, that's no. different. Because no. I my, that's different. A, a, a girl I know's parents just bought a place over there, and they looked at a place on Pine Top Trail. And I think the realtor was like, there was a murder here. Then that probably would be it. I mean, unless there's a bunch of I'd love to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, I really would love to talk to them. Yeah. We'll talk about this afterward, yeah. So, well, go ahead. I'll let you tell it. But she she was found stabbed to death in her kitchen with a knife still protruding from her back that was from her kitchen on March 28th, 1979, which is coincidentally the same day Three Mile Island had their meltdown. Really? Yeah. So, uh, to this day, they haven't found out who did it or why. And it's just a case that was kind of like doomed from the start almost because back in 1979, the Bethlehem police, um, you know, God love them. They didn't have the forensic technology that's around today. So they had a couple fingerprints. They took a, a, a couple of photos, um, they did a bunch of interviews, but it just Basically. kind of became years later became this this fable. This like she was a high school student, and she, she was a Freedom High School senior. Her friend, her friend, like called her, and and they're <clears> on the phone, and she's like, "Oh, somebody's at the door." 
hung up, and then that was when apparently somebody came in. Yeah, somewhere between a certain time of the, the afternoon, and, and I don't know if that's that's a hundred percent right either. But somebody knocked on the door while she was on the phone with her friend Cindy Bove, and she goes, "Hey, Cindy, I have to call you back. Someone's here," but she didn't say who, and she went down and answered the door, and that was the last time she was heard from. Uh huh. So, and there's zero leads on this. There's leads, well, but. It's so it's we're afraid that the person we think and we meaning me and the Bethlehem, this Bethlehem police detective think is our, quote, prime suspect or a very, very big person of interest may have may have recently died. Oh, but what's what's so bizarre. There's so many bizarre things about this case is that the kids in the. In that neighborhood in 1979, all of them immediately lawyered up. They're very well off. All these kids yeah. were very well off. And their parents lawyered them up. So the cops couldn't talk to them. Investigators couldn't talk to them. And then Sean, her brother Sean, who was a, a, a year or two older, tells tells dad, uh, you know, Mr. Brannigan, I'm going to find out who did this. And, Mr., and his, Mr. Brannigan said, don't get involved. Let the police do it. I'm going to find out who did this. And a month later, he's at work. He worked at a, a Renner's. Uh, it was a place called Renner's Amico or Sunoco. I, I, I forget. It was a gas station and an a auto repair place on Shanersville Road. And he was cleaning the floor with gasoline. Just little splashes of gasoline here and there to get the oil off the floor. He would scrub it with a broom and then he would use a power uh, a power washer to clean the floor like like I did growing up at yeah. my dad's garage in Fountain Hill and I don't know how much gasoline he used but he fired up this steam jenny and the whole place blew up it, it exploded glass flying across Shanersville Road flames shooting out and a few days later um, he's at the hospital he can't talk because his trachea is burned and He's suffering from third-degree burns, and the police go over and get, try and get a deathbed confession. Hey, Sean, did you really have anything to do with your sister's death? And he shook his head no, and then he died. So now you've got Dad, who was living in that house up until maybe two years ago, who has now since died, who never found out who killed his daughter, or also who killed his son. Because yeah. he's convinced that somebody murdered his son. His son was set up. Well, that would make that would chronologically make sense for that house to be on sale recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like there there are stories like that, and that one's just prevalent because you know it's I, the, the pretty girl, the high school, one of the that's first it's obvious. It's clearly took its toll on you, right? So that's I've been I've been trying to not solve the case, but I've been I've been trying to keep this case out out in the public making people aware of it for 26 years and what, maybe because you said that, to, to not much success or or well no, no it was successful that's what i learned uh, like i've seen an article in the morning call the guy that you think did it obviously can't name um, he's been named on other okay. things what what in your mind if you had to put a percentage on it that you think he did it 95 wow what was his relationship to the woman 
Um, or can't you say that? He, Holly, Holly dated his son. Okay. Okay. And his son was accepted into Penn State, I believe, on a, on a soccer scholarship. Mm-hmm. His father was a soccer coach. And Holly may have thought she had been pregnant. Mm. And I think he was upset over that. It's crazy. If only you thought up of a TV show that you could have made into to study that. The only problem with that show, with that stupid show, is they need it solved first. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, so, there's definitely yeah, there's definitely interesting, and that's why you know. But don't forget about Gwen Greenblatt. That's um, another cold case. That's a crazy one too, because her, the husband, who they're very she's from sure, Bethlehem too. They're very sure that the husband murdered her. I saw a show on that. He's yeah. like a a pro fisherman. He well, he's he, won like a bunch of stuff too. When you go sit on the toilet in the morning and 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 expel stuff that's what comes out is matt greenblatt yeah like he is a big piece of shit so he got away guy. with it is that what's i think yeah. so yeah. look that up um on like look should we it up shift this something. podcast into just <laughs> true crime like a serial that was the most in- no that was, the, that was intense. the pacing on that story had me captivated yeah no it's it's really it's an, yeah i'm it's sorry it wasn't as funny as we wanted no, it no at least I'm, oh. I'm glad that i ended it with your horrible <laughs> MedStar experience, but well, okay. Obviously, we we probably you know if if that case gets any more, or you should think about doing a podcast on that. I don't know. I mean, it's something. I don't know. I would love it's, to. It's, it's I would love it's to. Very. I just you know keep Gwen keep story. Gwen's story out there somehow. Sure. You know, I mean, it's a it's a she was killed on February fifth, two thousand three, down in uh, West Palm Beach, and her husband and uh, a possible accomplice have have been questioned, but he. Flatly denies it. Yeah. Huh. Well. So. But thanks that, for letting me plug that. that. that was, <laughs> well, on that note, um, there's, gonna, a cu- I, there's a couple of people. I'm going to ask you off air. I'll ask you. Fountain yeah, Hill, when, how long? When did you graduate? Or when did you uh, grow up in Fountain Hill? How I, old are you, basically? Is what I'm, I'm 52, but I didn't grow up in Fountain Hill. My family had a family business, uh, Friedman's Texaco on Broadway in yeah. Fountain Hill. My brother runs it now. It's uh, Friedman Service Station. You know, you, you know Bree Friedman? No, you, know, you don't know. Bruce? That's my that's my niece. You know uh, that Matt guy that was in the video with us. That Matt guy. He did the <laughs> podcast with Bree. It's Matt and Bree's podcast. Yeah. Whatever. It's Either okay. way, a All very right, well, talented um, young woman. This this podcast comes out on on, on Christmas, uh, Eve Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. So we hope that you guys are very festive after this um, discussion <laughs> yeah. Yeah. about stealing intellectual property and um, unsolved, unsolved murders. murders. Happy holidays. All right. Happy holidays, Jim. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank thank you. you very much. Right, we have anything it. to plug, George, before we'll plug. we go? Um, oh, wait, I do. 20, have a Merry Christmas. December 26th, there's shows somewhere. I forget where. Look it up. I'm bad at this. Look up Tyler. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do like, that. Merry Christmas. <laughs>